Hello and welcome to the Kangaroo English Podcast. My name is Christian and today is Friday, the best day of the week. <laughs> um, I'm back again today to tell you another little story. Um, and and again, this, this story begins with my recent uh, trip to London. So because of the virus situation, uh, it's very difficult to actually get a flight to, to London. And uh, so we had to leave from Oporto in Portugal, which is an absolutely amazing city. I absolutely love Portugal. Um, the people, the food, everything about the place is amazing. Especially this food they have called Francesinhas, which are... <laughs> and, and I know that this doesn't sound very nice, it, in fact, it sounds kind of disgusting, but it's not. It's it's basically a ham and cheese sandwich floating in a kind of gravy and then with, with chips, with, with hot potato chips served. Sometimes the chips are in the sauce, sometimes they're on the side. Um, but what 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 could be disgusting, right? What could be a kind of disgusting wet sandwich in, in, a, in a gravy sauce is actually the most, well, one of the most delicious foods that you'll ever eat. If you ever go to Portugal, I highly recommend eating a francesinha every day, <laughs> every day when you're there. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, so we had to leave to, to Oporto, uh, from Oporto to go to London. And it's a three-hour drive, three hours in the car. So I was, I was talking to my wife and we were talking about the, the idea of, of having a car accident, okay? And now my, my wife is a little bit clumsy and kind of forgetful. I, I think there's not really a great word for this in English. She's kind of um, flighty. Um, so, so for example, she's the kind of person who, uh, leaves her telephone, you know, um, at other people's houses. She forgets that she's got it. She's the kind of person who, uh, loses the car keys. Um, I remember once, I remember once we were, we were going to travel to Australia and we stopped at a services on the motorway to get some petrol and she left her handbag with all the passports and the plane tickets in the services. And then we drove for an hour down the road and she said, oh my God, my handbag. And then we had to turn around and drive an hour back to get the bag. And amazingly, it was still there. Anyway, what my, my, my wife is this kind of person. And so it kind of wasn't surprising that she had at one point in her life had a car accident. Um, it wasn't her fault. Basically, she was going down a hill and the handbrake failed. So she was out of control going down this hill, but she managed to turn into a car park and park the car in a, in a spot perfectly. <laughs> by, and, and she stopped the car by, by driving it into a building in the car park. So it, it was a very good effort on her part. Um, but me personally... I've, I've never had a car accident of, of any type. And when, when I said that to her, we both agreed that we need to knock on wood. 
Now, knock, knocking on wood is is a very interesting tradition, right? And there's actually, um, this is done in a lot of different countries. Uh, the Middle East, you know, you'll find people doing it in Iran, in, in Saudi Arabia, and then all the way across to, to Western Europe, people do it in Portugal. They, they, they knock on wood or they touch wood. And the, the traditional theory is that this phrase originates from the pagans, right? From the Celtic pagans who believed that gods and, and you know, kind of weird demons and spirits lived inside nature and lived inside trees. So if you wanted to ask for protection, then you had to go and knock on the tree and ask for it. You had to go and knock on wood. Um, and, and, and in some cultures, you can also use it to make a wish come true. You knock twice. Once to, to make the wish to kind of get the attention of these spirits living in the trees. And then the second time you knock to say thank you. Um, but the truth is that the origin of knocking on wood is actually quite unknown. It's quite an unknown um, origin because, believe it or not, it's actually a very recent thing. Uh, the Oxford Dictionary can't find any usages before the 19th century. Well, before 1900, I should say. So that's actually, you know, quite recent, well before the, you know, the pagan traditions. So it might have come just from the game that you play as children, where you have to chase each other around, but if you're touching wood, you're safe. It could be where it, where it came from. And these, these type of traditions are, are, are common all over the world, and they actually have a name. They're called apotropaic traditions, or apotropaic magic, which is when you try to make the reverse reality by, by, by performing some type of action or by saying some type of words. Um, you'll also find in a lot of cultures that it's very common. There's a strong relationship with the power of salt. <laughs> now, salt, you know, in, in today's world, you can go to the supermarket and you can buy a kilo of salt for, you know, 50 cents. It's, it's not a very valuable thing. But in the past, salt was extremely valuable. Uh, it was rare. It was a novel and exciting way to make kind of disgusting food taste really good. And, and in fact, that is where we get the word salary. When you get paid your salary, you're basically getting paid your salt. Now, that, that's not because people in the past um, actually you know, got paid in salt, but because salt was a very valuable thing. So getting your salt money or your salary was you know, like receiving something very valuable every month. Now... I want to get back to, to, to the story of, of touching on wood. So we started talking about touching on wood. And then when we arrived in London, 
we got into a a taxi and it was a it was a private taxi it wasn't a, a black cab and the taxi driver was <laughs> for, for for lack of a better word the taxi driver was driving like a lunatic um which which is you know which happens sometimes in taxis right and i think it was also happening because the roads were very empty uh london is kind of an abandoned city at the moment because of the of the coronavirus um so we were driving through the city really fast and you know i wondered to myself if this person had ever had any car accidents and and as he was driving and driving in between all the cars like uh you know like a like a racing car driver and 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 tailgating other people tailgating is when you you know drive really close to the car in front of you so he was tailgating and driving you know what i consider to be recklessly um i thought man this this guy doesn't know how to drive i'm a much better driver than him and then i was sitting there thinking about thinking about my own thoughts about this and then i realized that i was wrong so let let me tell you about my style of driving <laughs> when when i'm driving i like to think about everything else except for actually driving um i like my mind to wander uh, i can think about how to solve problems i can listen to music i can listen to podcasts and pay, paying attention to the road actually kind of stresses me out and and in fact it's 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 not uncommon for me to arrive at my destination and then think oh oh my god how how did i get here i don't actually remember driving <laughs> i don't remember driving here um oh my god did i go through any red lights did i did i run over any pedestrians um that that's not a, a that that happens to me quite frequently because i like to i like to zone out when i'm driving so that also means that i drive really slowly and very carefully you know i'm never in a rush i stay 50 meters away from the car in front of me Uh I always drive at the speed limit. Um I don't care about being stuck in traffic because it gives me more time to think. So I drive in the complete opposite way to to this taxi that I was in in London. But then but then I realized that I am not actually the better driver. He is. Even though he's driving recklessly and maybe he's had 20 car accidents maybe really bad ones he's the better driver because he takes the risks he knows the limits of his car he has experience when things go wrong i don't you know if i was forced to drive fast or if i was forced to drive in um let's say uh traffic that was unpredictable or if i was faced with a situation where i was had to try and avoid a car accident i have no experience in those things so this taxi driver would be is is a, is is a much 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 better driver than me 
even though he's not driving well. And that's when I realized that exactly the same thing applies to language. <laughs> now, I know that it's taken me 12 minutes to get to this moment, but, but here it is. Here's the connection, right? Because those students who stay safe, right? They stay safe in their workbooks and they stay safe behind their certificates and they even stay safe in their classroom with their teacher. They're not prepared for the real world, right? The real world is a dangerous place full of car accidents, full of unpredictable conversations with changes in topic and loud music in the background and you know you have to navigate culture and all of these things are all happening which are absolutely nothing like the safe and slow and calm world of being in your bubble whether that's the bubble of hiding behind your app or hiding behind your your activity sheet or wherever it is that you're hiding you're not getting the experience that you need to be out there in the real world and, and face the danger of having an accident, right? Like saying the wrong word at the wrong time or, you know, shake, trying to shake someone's hand when you actually should just bow to them or, you know, using a phrase that's highly offensive or whatever it is that, that can cause these accidents, you need to have these accidents. And you need to know what it's, be, what it's like to be in those situations so that you can avoid them in the future. So it was a lesson for me in the back of that taxi to realize that I might think in my mind that I'm a good driver because I've never had an accident, but it's the opposite, that I would be a much better driver if I drove more dangerously and pushed myself to the limits and found out where it is that I can, that I can survive and where it is that I'm going to die. <laughs> okay. So maybe this, maybe this, this metaphor has a little problem, uh, in that obviously driving your car dangerously has serious consequences, you know, life or death consequences, making a mistake with your language doesn't, but the, the, the metaphor still works. So today or sometime this weekend, I want you to come out of your hiding place and be prepared to get some real experience out there in the dangerous, dangerous world. I'm Christian. This is Kangaroo English. I'll see you in class. studying.